0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Podcast Bookers, podcastbookers.com. Podcasts are really hot, right? But you know what's also really hot? Appearing as a guest on one of the many, many podcasts out there. Think about it. Much easier than writing a guest blog post. You get some high quality content. You get great backlinks. People want to share that content. Maybe you can even transcribe that content. Being a guest on podcasts, getting yourself booked on podcasts is a really, really great SEO tactic, great brand building tactic. Podcast bookers can get you booked on two to three to four podcasts every single month on autopilot. Go check it out. Podcastbookers.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Ann Janzer. She is an author and nonfiction writing coach. She has written books called The Writer's Process about the inner game of writing creatively and productively and the workplace writer's process, something that all these content marketers probably need to know a little bit about. And the book we're going to talk about today, Subscription Marketing. So, Ann, thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, John.
0: So you start the book, Subscription Marketing, off with the concept of the subscription economy. So I wonder if uh, you could maybe sketch out what that is. I know I've subscribed for my Kansas City Daily paper for years, um, but I think you're talking about something much larger than that.
1: Indeed, indeed. Um, so the subscription economy as a term uh, is something that uh, Tien Swo of Azora, I think he's coined the term. Um, but. I think, you know, pretty soon that's we're just going to be calling it the economy. Basically, it's it's all the businesses that are shifting their relationships with their customers to be an ongoing relationship based on a subscription. Now, it sounds esoteric, you know, when I first started talking to people about this two years ago there, I'll say, well, you know, this sounds fine, Ann, but I'm not marketing a newspaper, so right, I really right, don't right. need your book, right, right. you know, like, because we think subscription, newspaper, magazine, um, but, you know, just look for a moment in your own life um, at how many things, how many passwords do you maintain, <laughs> so that, okay, right there, those are all subscriptions, yeah. um, and in fact, it's, you know, the subscription model is making inroads in all kinds of things, you can subscribe to cars, Right, you can subscribe to industrial chemicals. You can subscribe to your razor blades. You can, you know, I mean, it's 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 not just, yeah, uh, you know, consumer media, obviously, and it's not just software. It's actually, you know, all around us.
0: So, what are the? You gave me some examples of the application. I certainly have, you know, a number of subscriptions with uh, Amazon, for example. Uh, for things. But what are are some of the implications for, I I think it's easy to look at companies like that. Okay, sure. They sell detergents, they sell stuff that I'm going to consume and they're just making it. I used to subscribe by going to Target or Walmart, but now I, you know, now I subscribe by having Amazon send it to me. So what's it going to mean to marketers as a whole? Because I think it's, it's not just a business model. It's maybe a mindset shift.
1: It is. I mean, it, that's exactly it, John. It's actually a psychological shift. And let's take a moment and take off the marketing hat and think about uh, you as a customer, because really, the shift we're interested in is this shift that happens in our customers' heads. Um, when you just go buy something at the store, you know, you just need to look at it and say, "Okay, this, you know, this looks like it has enough value. It meets my needs," and you walk off. When you subscribe to something, you want to know something a little bit more. You need to trust the company that you're subscribing to, right? And you need to then decide again and again with each renewal that it is still providing value to you. So that's a different mindset on behalf of the customer. So as marketers, we have to look at this shift and say, it's not enough for me to do the same old thing I've been doing, push the sale, push the sale, push the transaction, I actually have to maybe earn some trust. And after the sale, I have to continue to demonstrate the value of the customer, right. of, the, of the service.
0: So, so in some ways, I mean, we've always had that. I mean, we have it's always been a good business practice to create a customer experience, the likes of which would make somebody want to buy from you again and again and again and refer their friends. I mean, that's always been a business model. So are we really just talking about a different, approach to delivery of value?
1: Um, so partly I mean it's always been a good business practice and yet um, it's it's remarkable how often businesses are oriented in a way that does not support that business practice. how many how many marketing organizations are the people uh, and sales are people incentivized simply on net new sales or the sheer number of leads generated? and things like that, and not on the long-term relationship. So what's happening, to me, what the subscription market changes is this, the, the subscription model changes, is that the longer you're in business with a subscription business, the more of your revenues shift to those recurring revenues from your existing customers. So now if I'm in marketing and I'm ignoring that, then basically I'm becoming less and less relevant to the business with each passing year because I'm a, I'm a levering on a much smaller percentage of the overall revenues. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, absolutely. And so it might also change the formula for what a business should be willing to do to acquire a new customer. Uh, if, if our long-term goal is to turn somebody into a subscription, like a lot of magazines, uh, they give the thing away, you know, or they give you six months free, or they... They spend a whole lot of money to acquire you, even though you're only a $20 transaction. But if that $20 transaction is for 10 years, then that's a different model.
1: Exactly. And yet, so so the customer acquisition cost is a really important part of the equation because, um, you know, if you're giving it away but acquiring the wrong customers, then, then you know, that's the, like that old thing. Oh, we're losing money with every unit, but we'll make it up on uh, volume. You know, it's just not going to work long term.
0: So All right. So in terms of our product mix, because I think some sometimes we talk about all this stuff being changes in marketing, but I think it's really changes in buying behavior that are yeah. driving a lot of this. And so should we be, I'll come back to this customer experience that, that keeps people coming back, but should we be thinking about product extensions, service extensions, line extensions somehow that that are purely a subscription play? To make that available, whether it's a course or it's an ongoing um, subscription of some form or ongoing way for somebody to pay for things over time. I mean, is that in addition to a marketing mindset, do we have to also think about a a whole uh, product and service uh, ladder mindset that's different?
1: Yeah, I think that… you know people will call me and say, "You know I've got this model and I want to shift to a subscription um and what what should I do and you know there is no one answer because there's no one model. there's a lot of different ways you don't have to to go uh fully in you don't have to switch everything fully into this model if that's not what makes sense um now I feel like you know the master the master class in subscription marketing to which we are all nearly all of us subscribed is Amazon. Uh, Right. Uh, But they are not fully a subscription service. Right. They are they sell retail things. But Amazon Prime is their brilliant uh, subscription service. And it's actually a marketing vehicle for their one off retail, their transactional retail as well. So, you know, there's a mixed model of how they're how they're doing this.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what I was getting at is if you sell you know, air conditioners and <laughs> heating units. Is there a subscription model in that? Well, maybe the service model or something right. or maybe filters, you know, as a subscription uh, would be an extension.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, you are going to be the best judge of what you might uh, offer and how it's going to work in your business. Yeah. There's no one answer. But yeah.
0: I, th- I think the thing that we have to hammer home is that this is how people want to buy. This is not just something, t- amazon thought up uh, right you know maybe they created a little bit of the hunger for it but because of that i think that you know there are certainly demographics that that's the only way they will buy they want to set it and forget it they want to be able to go online and use their app and get it and, and that's you know that's how they want to do transactions
1: increasingly there's a, a, a lot of people who want um would rather pay for access to stuff than stuff itself you know uh uh, that's true uh, in the consumer. You know, I came from the B2B uh, software industry. That's where I was worked my, my whole career. And software, you know, was very early or, or relatively early switching over with the cloud to a subscription model. Um, so this was big enterprises saying, no, we don't want to own the software. We don't want to own the services. Just give us the capability. Um, so that's, you know, another place that that you know has has taken hold.
0: And I think there's a um, a dual path with this. so so we're talk if we talk about the mindset of creating subscription offerings or surrounding your products with subscription services, there also has to be, I think, a a, a real intentional focus on the customer journey in, inside of all of that. I, I've it's probably been fifteen years ago now. I coined a term called the marketing hourglass, which was, the the intentional, uh, you know, everybody talked about the funnel, which is, you know, the first part of get the sale, but it's like, what happens after the sale? And that's, to me, that's the opening up of of the hourglass to the second side. So it's these behaviors of no, like, trust, try, buy, repeat, and refer. I know my listeners have heard me say that a million times. I I do think that that, um, there could be a really powerful (laughs) combination of not only having this subscription, but also marrying it with a tremendous customer experience because i, I don't think it's enough to just say oh look we, we have a subscription model now it has to be a great experience too
1: oh absolutely i mean and that's that is i think the the, the point and it you know you were no like that you know you obviously have been writing and thinking from this space all along with the referral engine this is exactly you know what we what you're talking about um, And and so obviously, there has to be a great customer experience. Um, In the book, subscription marketing, I I, I coined a term value nurturing as as a marketing activity, because we all think about, well, I've got lead nurturing, lead generation, lead nurturing. But then, you know, when the sale is done, I just wash my hands and I say, no, this is now it's the other half of the hourglass, essentially, right, is now you need to continue to help. The customer, you have to have a fabulous experience. So it, the first key is to help the customer uh, find value by being successful, right? You only want those, you really want those customers who are going to be successful. You can also add value in other ways, um, you know, making the company uh, fun to do business with. That's the the relationship part of it. Um, you, you can add value through um uh, content, through data, through community, things that marketers know how to do that don't even have to actually be in the product or service itself, but that actually, you know, enhance the experience. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and, and I think it's pretty easy for, for, you know, people like you and me to talk about, it. you have to create a great experience, but <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of people will say, well, yeah, duh, but you know, how do I do that? So I do think that there, I, you know, it's not, it's intentional. It's not hard. It's intentional is what I what I typically tell people. And, you know, it just starts with, I think, looking at all the touch points and saying, could we do that better?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, every every interaction that you have with a customer um, in this sort of subscription related world, it, you know, it it's not just a transaction, it's a relationship. And so every interaction, there's an opportunity in those stupid transactional things like we received your package. Um, you know, I, I ordered a CD from CD Baby, I think it was, and they sent the most hilarious shipping notice about the party they were having in downtown Portland as they said lovingly sent my package off to the post office. I mean, that's that just made the experience more fun. It had nothing to do with the thing itself. It was an email, you know, but but it it made the experience, uh, that relationship I had with the company a little bit different.
0: So. so it's easy for people to point to Amazon. Do you have in your research or in your talking to business owners out there, do you have any, uh, kind of unique examples of where you've seen somebody apply this?
1: Um, you know, there's, there's, there's so many places that are doing different parts. And so here's the key, John, that I think, your listeners should think about is don't just look at what people in your industry are doing because when it comes to having a subscription model, you can learn, you know, basically everyone's trying to solve the same set of problems that has to do with the relationship. So go ahead and look far and wide. Um, So one of the most interesting uh, subscription businesses that I heard of um, uh, was called Play, P-L-E-Y. And um, although they branched out, when I first talked to them, their basic premise was subscription Lego kits. Now, if you've got kids, you immediately get this one because your kids always want to buy the latest thing. They assemble the pirate ship and then they're done. You know, and then they need to buy the next pirate ship or the the you know, whatever the thing is, right? Yep, yep. Um yeah. So so you you feel my pain. Probably if you've stepped on them, you really have felt the pain of this problem, right? Um so this company started out basically saying, just just subscribe to as many Lego kits as you want. We'll ship them with spare parts, instructions, send it back. So so there's your basic model, and it's it was really pretty wonderful. But then They added value to it by creating a secondary site, which was called Play World, where people could submit their own designs for Lego kits and the user community would vote on them. Hmm. So now they've added this community part, right? This is nothing they've added to it, but they've created this website. People submit their designs. They vote on them. When design gets enough uh, votes, then the company will turn it and productize it, write up the instructions and add it to their kit. So now they've added this value to the basic service, which is this community around it and the, the chance for people to contribute and share something with other people in the uh, members. So that's a very creative thought. So what's what kind of community can you add to your yeah. service?
0: You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, of course, the brilliant thing about that is they pre-sold a product before they made it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And they're constantly refreshing their product line. They're not, they're not now just dependent on Legos kits. They've got their own user community of kits, which is really interesting.
0: So I imagine when some people are first coming around to this idea and some marketers said, we've got to do this um, in an organization. I'm sure one of the first questions, particularly on some of this experience stuff, this is where you get pushback we all know in the end it pays, but in the beginning, (laughs) I think when somebody's trying to embrace it, it feels like it just costs. So how how do you incrementally measure you know the value of value nurturing?
1: Well, the the issue there's there's two issues. One is that you know the the um you know the revenue model changes. It, it's like a um it's like investing for retirement. You know that the more you you know, with recurring revenues, the better job you do, you get this accruing benefit that's going to build over time. So it takes a longer perspective because investing for retirement, you know, it's painful for me to give up that chunk of cash today for, you know, sometime down the road. Um, And the other problem, and, and small businesses don't have this, large businesses do, which is that they have incentive structures around the wrong things. I can't tell you how many marketers I've talked to said, this is great and I want to do it, but you know what? I'm incentivized on my lead generation, so I'm just going to keep focusing on it, generating as many leads as I can, no matter whether they're good or not. You know, because that's what's paying me. So, <laughs> the first thing you have to do is align your incentive structures for what you want in the long term. Um, and if you're a small business, again, that long-term perspective. Here's here's the incent- incentive that I see for it. Um, when you're in business, most of us our businesses. You know, very few of us, it's a secret sauce, like nobody else can do the thing that we're offering, right? We have competition, and it's not that hard for other people to launch the same kind of general business that we do. But they can replicate the thing that we're selling. They can't replicate the relationships that we have with people. So this is really building out your competitive differentiator.
0: How do you... um I'm starting to throw a whole bunch of stuff into one question here. You know, yeah. what, what, what role does content play and social media play? Uh, obviously marketers have, you know, seen a role that those play, but I think in this subscription thinking they play a little different role. Um, and, and even if it's just being more intentional or strategic about it.
1: Yeah. So content um, and, and social media as well, but, but content, is another place that you can add, you can continue to pour the perception of value into the solution after the customer has bought. Um, If you think about the um, uh, Dollar Shave Club, right? So that was a subscription razor blade company. And they just shipped razor blades, right? But they had uh, hilarious videos when you signed up that were uh, quite entertaining. So they had a certain attitude. (laughs) And with the razor blades, every... Uh, month came a little newsletter of bathroom reading that was hilarious. So this is content. It is does not help you shave any better, right? I mean, it does not. But it added value to that relationship that the customer had. It added value to the experience of of uh, being a subscriber. So content is an enormous, you know, lever for value for the customer's experience of value. But you have to be. De- not content that's just sell, 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 but content that is fun or, or uh, informative or entertaining or, or something that actually delivers value for that, that
0: person. And, and I think that's a part that not everybody can do. I mean, and, and a lot, and I think that's where a lot of businesses fall down is that, you know, they remain kind of that stodgy business objective meeting kind of company because they don't go out and find that creative voice. And I think that that's if you were going to go out and hire, go out and hire somebody who can do incredible job with video or that can write that kind of funny content because not everybody can.
1: Right. And you know what? Let's say that you, you know, your budget is just really slim. The first thing you just, you know, just get in the head of your customer. Just, you know, you have to get out of the trap about my God, I'm going to write about our features again. <laughs> right? Please don't do it. Just get in the head of your customer. What can you write that's going to provide value to them, even if you can't see a direct link to pitching your feature? You know, what can you do to help the customer? Um, so, if you know, empathy, empathy, empathy is is the trick.
0: Yeah, and I and I think also I, I've been doing this for a long time, and I I was preaching that you know we want to see your personal side. 20 years ago and boy business owners just recoiled at that idea you know because it's like oh god nobody wants to hear about me or my struggles or my anything they want to hear about you know our thing (laughs) that we sell and it's kind of refreshing that 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 whole idea of your story is is really baked into most marketing experiences today but i think people are still hungry for it
1: yes you know and you know the other place that's interesting john where you can really do something that's uh it's, it has to do with your story is um, when you can align your marketing with your customer's values, um, and this is sort of my favorite part of, of value nurturing, right, is, is uh, through your actions demonstrating that you share some of the same values that your customers have, whether that's uh, supporting uh, people in crisis, disaster situations, or whatever it may be, just showing up and doing the right thing you know, as a, as, a, as a consumer, I feel really good about subscribing or being a customer of a business that I feel is, um, does the right things.
0: Yeah. And, and I guess uh, I would go along with that and say, you have to be willing to, to stand up for your right things. You have to be willing to offend some people too, uh, or not intentionally, but just, yeah, right. just Just to take a stand rather than to say, we'll take anybody. And um, yeah. I think that, I think the companies that, you see in communities that are very loyal and very, you know, not only is there value there, but there is is a point of view that says this is what we believe in. and And if you don't believe that, that's fine. But this isn't the place for you.
1: Yes. Yeah. You have to be willing to just say this is you know, if if you want to take this stance, you will get the most. I mean, this is where you're most loyal customers are going to come from the ones that are going to refer you or the ones who feel this alignment with you there's
0: a lot of value in polarization like it or
1: not yeah you're not saying polarization you know it you're not taking a stand against something you're taking a stand for something no. let's let's be clear here yeah, that,
0: that is what i'm saying right? <laughs> yeah. but but sometimes maybe the edgier the stand the more loyal the people are going to be and and so True. you know you that's, that's something worth experimenting with it's not for everybody True. Uh, but it's uh, it, you uh, you've seen countless examples of people using using that to the edge i think and it, and you know having a, just a rabid community because of it
1: right right
0: So, Anne, where can people find out more about you and your work and obviously subscription marketing?
1: Sure. So um, best place is just probably to hop on over to my website, which is my name, A-N-N-E. Don't forget the silent E. Janzer, J-A-N-Z-E-R. and uh, there you can find out about uh, what I'm blogging about and writing about. Um, I've got a free course for those content marketers on the on the call. A free course on managing the approval and reviews process. Um, uh, so uh, go go check out what's there. And the the book subscription marketing is on Amazon and all all of the usual ebook and audiobook and <laughs> places that you can find books.
0: You'll find it there. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll have uh, links in the show notes, of course, as we always do. So, and thanks for joining me. And hopefully we'll uh, run into you out there on the road.
1: Great. Thanks. I enjoyed it.